When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Back with the poor lighting, back with the poor audio quality. <laughs> we must be on the south side for the south side beat. A good afternoon, everybody. This is, of course, the south side beat. My name is Corey Christen. Joining me is Chris Halleck. And before he steps away from the south side, joining my frame is the one and only. <laughs> DK in the house. He is heading out. He has his banana. He has his turners. He's ready to rock. He's going to go buy comic books and then probably write a column. He's going to do all of that, but only after I resign as lighting director here. Ooh, yeah, We are in a warehouse, poorly lit, with only sunlight coming through. So, yeah. you know, we're going to make it work as best we can. What's going on, guys? Yeah. Hey, it's good to see a lot of familiar uh, names and faces over there in the in the in the comments. From our channel, whether it's from Daily Shots or from the Ramon Show, we appreciate the support that you guys have given to Southside Beat. Uh, it's going well. It's off to a great start, and that's because of you guys who are watching. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. it, it really is. Anybody who doubts that needs to go and look at the way things have gone with Daily Shot and with Ramon and everything. It's special. Yeah. Uh, only thing I'll share here before I let these guys take over is that that locker room was all business, was it not? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. You couldn't crack a joke with anybody in there. No. Oh, completely man. serious tone. And I, I tell you what, everybody was willing to talk. Most of everybody was willing to talk. Yeah. Today. A lot was, of people were. It, it was – they were willing to talk, but at the same time, there was no messing around. Nobody wanted to hear about anything that they might have done well individually. Yep. Okay, even the guys – a few guys who did well individually – uh, and I'll just share here real quick, since I haven't even had a chance to communicate with Corey, that from an injury standpoint, Pat Fryermuth insists he's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, DeMarvin Leal, who I just talked to, insists that he's fine. Uh, you know, Chooks and you know, James Daniels wasn't in the boot anymore. Mm-hmm. So, look, the one good thing about all this is that they get the extra day, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah the Monday night football is really going to help them. Yep. Yeah. But Out of here, guys. That's DK. Bye. Let's get on a real show with this Dick LeBeau banana. Uh, LeBeau once said, don't leave the facility without a banana. See you, DK. Of course, DK and Ramon will be live oh, yeah. for the Ramon Foster show. But this is the Southside Beat as DK departs. I'm Corey Chris, and he's Chris Halleck. Uh, before we get started, I want to address yesterday in our live chat on the YouTube comments. Yes, DK was wearing shoes first off, Swan. Uh, in our live comments yesterday on YouTube, there was a flagrantly racist comment directed at a member of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Just know, number one, not tolerated, not accepted anywhere. You will be banned on site immediately. No questions asked, no reservations. 
Moving on, Chris. <laughs> you wrote today. Well, a- this is, but this is really, really important. Are we getting our own emojis? And I, I, I think he already DK already <laughs> left. Go back in the Ramon show when DK sees the comments. I do think and- it's in the works. I, I do think. I, I, I don't know. I don't know, but I think it's in. I think it's in the. I think it's in the works. But yes, you, you're, um, you're, Brent, you're, you're Brent. gonna bring it up. Brent, they were banned, and Justin, yes. It, you didn't see it on the screen below me like you would yeah. normally do with some of the other comments because Chris and I have discretion over what comments go live oh, yeah, on, those, the, on the video here. Those were not going to make it onto the screen. <laughs> but we see everything. So if it's up there, we have the ability to ban just like that. So just know, if anything evenly toned in that direction comes across, it's done. We're, we're doing zero tolerance. Um, yeah. And that goes for anything beyond that too. I think I think we have a general guideline here to follow, and if you don't follow that guideline, we're going to make a call on it. So, yeah. moving on, let's talk real football, Chris. Yeah, you real today, football. You watched the film, unfortunately. Um, some would say you watched the film on the Matt Canada offense from Sunday against the 49ers. And today, before we get to you, today Kenny Pickett spoke. Yeah, it was just about as expected saying we need to be better, we need to execute better, I need to play better, it, uh, vaguely stating, but I think you get the idea, right? Yeah. That's what Kenny Pickett's going to say. But there is still film on tape, right, as it goes. And you got yep. to watch the film on tape. Got to. You, you make it sound like it was a privilege. <laughs> what did you see <laughs> from a film on tape? Listen, okay, I, I urge, first off, I, if you haven't read it yet, I urge you to go read it on DKPittsburghSports.com because there's way more detail there than I can I can describe here. But a, a very, very quick gist, or, or I should say teaser, is Kenny Pickett was bad. We, we established that. I established that very, very clearly up front so that anything that I wrote did not make it sound like I am trying to defend him, trying to cast blame elsewhere or anywhere else. He was bad. Matt Canada's offense still has some serious flaws. It's not totally awful. There were a few plays uh, that actually had intention. I wouldn't say quite imagination, but had intention. They had multiple that you know you could run that play against multiple looks and have multiple options. Those are the type of plays you need to. Have. Those should be like the bare bones of any playbook in the NFL. The problem is that those are more of the highlights of Matt Canada's offense. And that's, I think where the problem is, that's where the deficiency is, is that there isn't enough imagination. There isn't enough intention to manipulate. There isn't enough intention to, there's just, there's almost no imagination. And and I don't know if that's trying to cater to Kenny's strengths and he's a young quarterback or what it is, but there's just too many concepts that are either uninspired or just, old and it's just it's it's not an offense that i enjoy watching i'll put it that way it's just mm-hmm. it's not good i see some uh questions and comments about the defense too and um no we're the, defense the defense was as well yeah. the defense wasn't good obviously but no we're gonna address the defense and specifically uh a good comment here about making fitzpatrick that you know of course in scrolling that i lost but here it is it, trevor asked it's weird to you guys that make a less than half of snaps of free safety and there's discourse about is Mika Fitzpatrick being used correctly because, you know, is he more of a ball hawk or the heavy hitter, so to speak, when it comes to the safety position, you know? Yeah. And obviously his ball hawking skills, he tied for the NFL lead in interceptions last year. And yeah. 
look, maybe there is something to figure out with the safety room. Maybe there is something to figure out now that Keanu Neal is in there between who's going to be the quote-unquote run stopper versus who's going to be that ball hawk, um, you know, playing center field out there. But and going back into, um, you know, the offense, right? Kenny Pickett spoke today, and I'll have more from him on the website later, DKPittsburgh.com. But before practice began today, I talked to Calvin Austin, and it's either going to be written today or tomorrow, my story on basically how does the offense now replace Deontay Johnson? And up until he got injured, Deontay was Kenny Pickett's most targeted receiver, although the catch percentage was only 50%. And his best play didn't come until that play that he got injured on to begin the second half. But the, so Was the catch percentage, though, on Deontay, or is that on Kenny? <laughs> fair question. Because two, two throws for sure right off the top of my head were on Kenny, 100%. Well, you and DK by this point have calculated the Kenny Pickett misfires, and yeah. seven sounds like the number that's the consensus on Pickett uh, passing attempts that had zero shot of getting anybody. Yeah. I mean, like just in terms of Deontay, I'm thinking of the third down, which he threw way in front of him uh, and a little high on the post. Um, that was a bad one. And then obviously the the one where he threw behind him on the slam dunk touchdown. Um, those are the two absolute misses where if you talk about targets that weren't caught, that's not on Deontay. <laughs> that's completely mm-hmm. on Kenny. So. Right. So on Tuesday, Mike Tomlin mentioned Gunnar Olszewski by name as somebody that has to take some of that workload with Deontay down. And for those that yeah. missed it, um, Deontay Johnson is expected to miss a month with his hamstring injury. That, according to a report today, nothing confirmed by the team. But, of course, you know, he's trending down regardless. And now this offense suddenly – and we can put as much as we want on Matt Canada. And I feel like anytime the Steelers don't score points, which is often – yeah, we could direct this back to back Canada, and quite frankly, we'd have the same conversation just like we did last year at points. Yeah, but at the end of the day, there was some of Kenny Pickett that just was off on all cylinders, right? Yeah. yeah. So when it comes to that, like I talked about with Deontay's catch percentage, right? If you look at the data, if you look at the stats, and I'll have more of this in my story that circles back to Calvin Austin. Deontay was able to get open. He was able to get cushion. He was able mm-hmm. to get separation, but the cushion and the separation gap. I guess pun intended, didn't have much cushion between it, is he was able to get cushion from the line of scrimmage, but defenders rallied to him and they were able to get back to him, which, you know, helped limit some of the yards after the catch, even though he was still able to get them. Yeah, still still got some yak, yeah. Now a major part of that offense has been removed. And the early contenders to take over in that role for Deontay are Allen Robinson and Calvin Austin. Allen Robinson, of course, can do just about anything and Calvin Austin, while, of course, he has burner speed, you know, 4-3-40 speed, he showed something to me on Sunday when I was watching it back that I think is new compared to what we thought of him. And that is that he's able to get some separation. And while he didn't have many yards after the catch on Sunday, I think it's going to be imperative to help guys like George Pickens, you know, Pickens being able to stretch the field out, and then Allen Robinson to be able to do that work in the intermediate route, so to speak. Yeah. So here's the thing, and Bob brings up a point that I kind of want to touch on a little bit. He says, Deontay reminds me of Emmanuel Sanders, has some skills to be in the league, uh, but I don't see him as a legit uh, uh, number one receiver. Um, I honestly have to com- just disagree um, respectfully. It's not anything, you know, because Deontay hasn't 
he hasn't done enough to show like, oh my gosh, he's definitely a number like top 10, top 15 receiver in this league. But right. There is very, very, there are very, very few receivers that are better at getting open than Deontay Johnson. It, that's not an arguable point. It's just not I mean, the, the, in terms of creating separation, very, very few receivers are better at that than Deontay is. And so if you have open receivers, you should then be able to get them the football. Now, part of that is on Deontay for drop for drops. That's that's probably the biggest issue. I know a lot of people complained about the running backwards after the catch last year. Um, I wrote about that. I went into really far detail on that um, a couple months ago. Um, And pretty much the stats, you know, pretty much said that it wasn't as bad as you thought it was. Uh, it, when you really, really look at the numbers and the analytics and everything like that. Um, the fact is, is that when Deontay's now out, you no longer have that elite separation guy on the field. George Pickens is dangerous in a lot of ways, but he's not great at creating separation. He right. uses his size and his athleticism and his long arms and his strong hands to be able to win a lot of 50-50 balls. He doesn't have to create separation like Deontay does. The the thing is, is with Allen Robinson, Allen Robinson can't create separation like Deontay, and he also doesn't have the size that De- that George Pickens has. And so while Allen Robinson is a good route runner, and I saw enough from him while rewatching the game that I'm like, okay, I really think he can be a guy that Kenny leans on, Deontay or no Deontay. It's, okay, Calvin Austin probably has a little bit more upside in terms of like, as a route runner, like creating separation. Like I think Calvin Austin could be a guy like that, but there's, there are going to be growing pains there. I mean, this is his first, this is his first NFL experience, regardless of the fact of how long he's been a pro is the second year. You know, there's just, you're going to miss a guy like Deontay. It's just, it's just, sure. it's going to happen. Like you, it's one of those things where like, you don't know what you have until it's gone. Well, you're about to find out what it's like when it's gone. And I'm telling you, there's not, you're not going to, Matt Canada's offense is already hard enough to get space for receivers. And now you have your best guy at getting open gone. And that's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a bigger issue than some people, than people probably think it is. I, uh, William, William follows up. Who's our possession receiver. I think we need a real one. I hate to tell you, but it is Deontay. Like yeah. Deontay Johnson is the Steelers possession receiver. Yes. And the discourse on George Pickens in his ability or some would say inability to get separation George Pickens is so athletic that even when he's not open, he's still open. He's one of those receivers that is able to out-athletic someone for football. Now, Pittsburgh Toddy brings up, is there any truth to the claim that Kenny Pickett was sick or had COVID? No. If he was, then um, I'm going to go get tested after this show because I was just, you know, (laughs) feet away from him in a giant media scrum uh, today. So uh, I do not uh, know anything about that. And just to clear the air um, on that real quick. You know, we and we do are we are going to talk about the Browns. I saw a comment. I thought we were going to talk about the Browns today because we are going to talk about the Browns today. I th- I think Browns is going to be Browns focus is going to be more tomorrow and especially Friday for sure. I'm not saying we're not going to touch on the Browns at all because mm-hmm. listen and the Browns we talked about it yesterday. The Browns secondary is really good. Like it's sure. not going to get any easier in terms of throwing the football next week. Now they could do better in terms of well they have to do better in terms of running the football. They, I mean, somebody, you know, Najee needs more you than six carries. Too much in your sentence. Just they have to run the football. They have to. 
they have they to have win the to. football. It's not doing yeah. better about it. You know, Najee, I think, had what? His longest run was 24, and his next longest run was six, I think. Yeah. It, it wasn't anything su- substantial. So, like, they have to just run the football. They can't come out – like, run, run, pass, punt is a joke. But that would still, from a flow standpoint, be anything better than what they did on Sunday. Um, I do want to address the Browns on this show because there's something to be said about the AFC North, as Mike Tomlin said, component of it. Um, (laughs) There's something to be said about this game being a division game and how the Steelers don't really have much time to figure out everything before they need to figure out all of it, as I would say. And what I mean by that is there is so much that went wrong on Sunday that you're just not going to have all of the answers on Monday. You're just not. So against a team like the Browns, and just from a surface level as we start to get into this matchup, what do you think, Chris, and I'll throw this one to, you know, the crowd as well um, here on YouTube in the comments. What do you think is the most imperative thing or the most important thing for the Steelers to fix, so to speak, going into Monday? And that leads into more success. And this could be from an offensive or defensive standpoint. Well, I mean, obviously the, the, I mean, you could go at it one of two ways. Uh, I, I tend to lean more on the offensive side in terms of, you know, football analysis and stuff like that. And so I would say probably the the thing that the Steelers really need to do is run the football. They really need to make a concerted effort to run the football. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean you have to run outside zone or inside zone first down and second down. And then if you don't get first down, then throw it on third down. I'm not saying you have to do that. But there has to be a concerted effort to establish the run. And part of that is not just play calling. That's obviously a part of it. But a really huge part of it is execution. You can't ask Matt Canada to call run plays if every single time you run the football, you're gaining one yard. You're gaining nothing. You're gaining two yards. You're losing a yard. You have to execute. There, But there has to be a concerted effort to establish the run because the better you run the football, the more it opens up things on offense, the more play action you can do. It, it's only going to make things easier for Kenny in terms of throwing the football. And it keeps the Browns off the field. It keeps the Browns offense off the field. And the, that would be the other side of it is obviously stopping Nick Chubb and the Cleveland running game is going to be a massive undertaking for the Steelers because they don't have Cam Hayward. That's the, their best interior defensive lineman. And now you've got to stop a juggernaut in terms of being able to run the football. So uh, you could go at it either way. Either way, it has to do with how well you either run the ball or don't run the or, or stop the run. And obviously the Steelers need to run the football. And I think that's one of the most alarming things that I saw. I saw some people comment on yesterday saying they did try to run the ball. No, they didn't. They did not try to run the football against the 49ers whatsoever. Everything was about getting Kenny into a rhythm and everything like that. And it didn't work because Kenny was off for whatever reason. And by that time they fell down behind too quickly. And then you can't run, you can't try to run the football at that point because now you've got, you got to catch up. And so, no, it was bad. It was just all bad. Um, the one that stuck out to me among the many comments that I've flashed on the screen to answer my question was one word from Evan, communication. That's yeah. a huge one going yeah. into this Monday. Communication. That's on the offense. That's on the defense. That's on special teams. That's on every single front. The Steelers did not have their communication systems lined up, which is something I wrote about going into this game when I was talking to Quan Alexander and Landon Roberts and Cole Holcomb about 
communicating and keeping that defense in check and keeping that defense in order. There were mm-hmm. times where, you know, right before San Francisco would snap the ball, one of the middle linebackers, I want to say it was Alexander, would turn around to a safety and say something. It was KZ would turn around and say something to them. And it's like, you're, they're snapping the ball, like getting ready, you know? Yeah. And they, you can't have that kind of thing milliseconds before the snap comes across. I'm going to read a few more that came, that came across. And you guys are tremendous with all of this. Swan says, make the running game a dominant feature this yeah. week against the Browns. A dominant feature. And that yeah. includes not running a jet sweep on the first play of the game. Do not run a jet sweep as your first run of the game. You just can't do it. Yeah. Randy says to fix the time of possession. Yes, the Steelers will have to control the ball more. And especially with the defense ailing, with the defensive line ailing, which brings me into Robert, who will be the three starters on the defensive line for Monday? This is going to be a new venture for Keanu Benton. This is going to be yeah. a new venture for DeMarvin Leal. With mm-hmm. Larry Ogunjobi back, those are going to be your three starters. You're going to have Leal sub in for Cam, Larry Ogunjobi, and I'm going to say Keanu Benton's going to start at the nose. I think he earned it. I think his pass rush ability and what he was able to do on Sunday gave him that, gave him that you know starting nod. You're going to see a lot of Isaiah Loudermilk. You're going to see Armand Watts most likely get activated. So right. those would be my three. Uh, Brent says to stop the run and control the clock. Simple to say, hard to do. Because Nick Chubb is as good as Christian McCaffrey, if not better, at what yeah. those two do. So that yeah. is going to be something. Phil says, uh, B. Phil, excuse me, says the offensive line must play better. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to... to Look, you can, you can put all the pro football focus grades and everything you want on it, but the fact of the matter is the offensive line did not get their initial push, you know, on the 49ers. I mean, yeah. James Daniels, obviously, in a walking boot. Mason Cole didn't have a fantastic game. Isaac Siamalo got, you know, tripped up a couple of times. Dan Moore didn't have a fantastic game. Chooks is in the concussion protocol. So you have two of your now start, starting five offensive linemen banged up, and the rest of the three did not play well on Sunday. Hey, I mean – we knew going into this season that what the Steelers had last year in terms of having all five starting offensive linemen start all 17 games, we knew that was not going to happen two years in a row. And so if the same starting five do start on, on Monday night, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to stay that way for the rest of the season. And Chooks being in concussion protocol is part of that. Mm-hmm. And so that means that the Steelers are going to have to do different things during practice this week to prepare in case Chooks can't go. Mm -hmm. And so that's why Omar Khan like addressed the offensive line as much as he did during the off season, because we knew that wasn't going to happen again. Nobody gets that lucky. Almost nobody gets that lucky for one season, but nobody gets that lucky for two seasons. Um, Justin asks, Justin asks real quick, is it possible? We just don't have the talent that we thought we had. I don't think this is a talent issue at all. No, I really don't think this not is. yet. No, I don't think it, I don't think you could say that after week one. Now, if this becomes trend and if this becomes now, look, injuries are one thing you have to account for those all the time. Right. Like yeah. they, you can't predict them, but you have to account for them. Yeah, because you just don't know. You know, who would have thought Deontay Johnson was going to go down with the hamstring as an example? Yeah. So I can't say this is a talent issue as of right now. Now, what does Matt Canada, Terrell Austin and Mike Tomlin do with the talent they do have currently to be determined going against uh, the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Mr. Nick of time wants to see Ogan, Joby, Lee Allen, Benton out there. I think that's going to be the most likely outcome for this defensive line. And that's almost out of necessity, at least when it comes to Marvin Lee out. But for Keanu Benton, I think there's something to be said 
about him elevating and this defense and Tyrell Austin in particular having confidence in a guy like that. Yeah. Uh, Justin, uh, brings up, uh, what about coaching talent? Now I I've already shared my, my thoughts on, on Canada. Um, I, they need a different offensive coordinator, but that's not going to happen. Uh, I, I would be shocked if he were fired in the middle of the season. So I just, you know, let's if just stick persists, with it. Yeah. If yeah. this persists through the bye, and it's an early bye this year, right? But ever six or seven. But everybody thought that last year. Everybody thought that he wasn't right. going to survive the bye last year because they were two and six. It was the middle. It was the midpoint of the season. Everybody thought he was going to be fired. By the time that we showed back up after the bye week was over, that Matt Canada wasn't going to have a job. And lo and behold, he was still there. Um, the one variable that's different is the fact that he is his contract is expiring at the end of this season, and it wasn't at the end of at the end of last season. That's the one variable that that's different. Um, I still don't think it's going to happen. I, I they would have to be as abysmal as they were in the first half for every single half through the bye week in order for them me to consider it a remote possibility. I just don't think it's going to happen. In terms of Tara Lawson, like, listen, the defense, I think it needs to play better for sure. And I, I'm not so big on all of the Tampa two that I see in the Steelers defense, but mm -hmm. um, I don't think it's necessarily, I, I, I like the idea of nowadays in the NFL, like back in the day, whenever you had Dick LeBeau running the zone blitz all the time, I think that was perfect for that era of the NFL. In today's NFL, you need to be able to get to the quarterback with the least amount of players rushing possible mm -hmm. in order to cover all of the shallow uh, crosses, all of the, the short throws, all of the slants, all of the – you have to have as many defensive – any as many players dropping back in coverage as you possibly can, but also be able to get to the quarterback. Mm -hmm. And so there are – Finding different ways to do that is difficult. And I've seen flashes of it being really good at times and also it being right. really bad at times. And so I see more potential in Tara Lawson's defense than I do in Matt Canada's offense. I'll put it that way. I'm not ready to 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 say Tara Lawson needs to go at this point. Uh there does there need do there need to be improvements? Absolutely, yes. Mm -hmm. I'm not debating that whatsoever. There has to be improvements, especially with the talent that they have on that side of the ball. However, I think the still think the defense is far far away ahead of the offense. Before we get going here on a Wednesday here on the South Side beat, of course DK and Ramon coming up in about 35 minutes or so. Um what do you need to see as far as, I guess, from a Cleveland perspective, and look, the Browns aren't going to be expected to put up 24 and allow three like they did against the Bengals. Yeah. But there are holes for the Steelers to expose within the Browns, though there are not yeah. many of them. Of yeah. course, Miles Garrett, Zedarius Smith, fantastic as a pass rush. Their secondary played very well. Their corners played very well. So it's easy to look at the Browns and say, well, they're Teflon. They're impossible to beat. They're, they're so rock solid. They're no. another 49ers. It's another case where the Steelers are not going to break through. I think that's unfair to say. But I will think that there's going to be a slot where the Steelers, and particularly by design with Matt Canada, can expose some holes in that Browns defense. I think it's the middle of the field and the intermediate stuff going at their linebackers. What say you on that? 
Well, it that's a that's a breath of fresh air from last last week because last week they tried to go after the middle of the 49ers defense and they have arguably the best coverage inside linebacker in the league patrolling the, that second level in the middle of the field and Fred Warner. It didn't work. <laughs> Needless to say, yeah. it did not work. Um and part of it was like okay, they ran I think 8 shallow cross concepts and gain and completed one pass for 10 yards. Mm-hmm. Not good. Um, I think it's so, the comment you're looking for from, uh, well, Mr. yeah. Time. Yeah. No I pointed 400 that. yard games in Canada's tenure. Yeah. Yeah. That's what you need to revert to. Yeah. And so going against the middle of the, of the Browns defense. Yeah. It's not nearly as formidable as the 49ers, but there are different ways you can do that. You can do that by running the ball run the football or you can you probably get away with more of those shallow cross concepts because I think Kenny likes throwing those. Uh, I think he liked that in college, if I'm not mistaken. And so you want to, when you talk about, you want to play to your strengths for sure. Mm -hmm. But what you really want to do is you want to attack the opponent where they are the weakest, you know, that, that that's not, I'm not, that's not groundbreaking information there. You want to obviously play to your strengths, but you also want to go after where the, where the defense is the weakest. And mm-hmm. they did not do that against the 49ers. They no. absolutely went after the 49ers where they were probably the strongest. The best way to defend Nick Bosa is to get rid of the football quick because he can't get to you if you get rid of the ball in two seconds. Um, the second, the, where they are probably the second strongest behind Bosa is where Fred Warner is. And that's what Matt Canada kept going to. That's not a good idea when it comes to the Browns go after where they are the weakest. And I think the, the Steelers have a more favorable matchup in terms of let's play to our strengths. And thankfully our strengths should do well against the Browns biggest weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And so that should work out better. I'm just with the injury to Deontay. That's a big one for me. And then I really need to see the offensive line do better and run blocking because it should not be that bad again. Mm-hmm. It, it really can't be that bad again. I appreciate that Kenny Pickett, and we have a couple minutes left here, so I'll make this brief. I appreciate that Kenny Pickett took responsibility for Sunday. He did that well, today, yeah. <laughs> and I'll have more about that on the on the website, dkpittsburghsports.com. I appreciate that Kenny was able to look at himself in the mirror and own up to what he was not able to do. I was almost going to say able to do, but not able to do on Sunday. I'm glad yeah. I was able to do. I hope he's able to flush it. And I hope he's able to rally around, able to get back and focus back on what needs to be taken care of, find those strengths, find the Browns weaknesses, work towards them because there has to be some form of cohesion to the Steelers yeah. offense going into, into Monday. There has to be some form of cohesion we don't want to see, we as in everybody, does not want to see two weeks in a row of ineptitude. It can't happen. I'm not saying yeah. it can, I'm not saying it cannot happen, meaning literally. I mean, it can't happen. They yeah. can't let that happen. And if yeah. it does, then we're going to start talking about more Matt Canada, more Kenny Pickett, more yeah. is this legit and is this going to work out? Because once could be coincidence. Twice could be the start of a trend, which we don't want to see on Sunday. We will be back, Chris and I will, on Thursday and Friday. We have two more days this week to talk about Browns versus Steelers coming up on Monday. We will have a show Monday before the game. Oh, yeah. We get to the Akershire Stadium before the game at 3 p.m. So we will have more, obviously, tailored towards that game on Monday. But for now, 
DK Ramon coming up in about 30 minutes for the Ramon Foster Show. But for the Southside Beat, he's Chris Halleck. I'm Corey Christen. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace out.